Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Final Four. It's not on the schedule. He is Rod. I'm Cameron. Uh, and Michigan State loses another disappointing game to Ohio State, 69-80. to um, eh, Rod, another bad defensive performance. Joey Brunk looked like a Bill, young Bill Lambeer out there. Uh, what do you no, make of I'm this gonna, one? I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use another name. He looked like Connor Dickinson. <laughs> if, if you think about it, really underscores how ludicrous this was. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean ludicrous because, oh, a guy who's, I said in the preview, has not looked like what he used to look like before he was injured, and that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not because he was just spectacular and, oh, Michigan State has bad luck. The guy who struggled all year just kills him. Michigan State defended him miserably. Mm-hmm. I I saw I would I would say one possession they defended him well. The last one, where Marcus Bingham actually just stayed long, didn't bite on a fake, kept good position, didn't let him didn't let him get an angle on him, didn't let him get to the spot he wanted to, and lo and behold he missed. That's it. One possession out of forty minutes. Other than that, it was a joke. It was an absolute joke. The defensive effort in this game was, now it's two straight games running. Mm-hmm. They can't guard anybody. Can't guard anybody. I, Max Christie, who's had a good year defensively, awful in this game against Malachi Branham. Awful. Branham's a really good player, but when he's blowing by you and dunking on your ass down the lane, that's a problem. Yeah, when you when you are that out of balance in terms of your defensive positioning, that that happens, well, you get what you deserve. You get dunked on. You get posterized. Mm-hmm. Um, they were horrible defensively, offensively. I, you know, once again, and, and I've been a defender of this team at times on offense. I feel like, but I'm not defending this because the reality is. A poor offensive game was covered up for by the fact that they shot the three well. Mm-hmm. Like they got more out of this game offensively than they deserved to. Because I thought once again, Tyson Walker, I, I do not understand the thought process. Um, they continually attempt to take the ball too deep, which was a problem earlier in this year that they started to solve. Mm-hmm. Now it's going backward, and you see what happens when they do it, right? Yeah. And then guys pass up, again, passing up shots. The only guy you really can't knock for that, Gabe Brown, took the shots that were there and hit a lot of them. So credit to him, but nobody mm-hmm. else. Um, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, they got one game left in the regular season. 
you know, it's at home against Maryland, not a very good opponent, and we'll see if they've got anything left in the tank. But the first two games from this week after that Purdue win have shown me absolutely nothing, just nothing. <laughs> no, no pride, no heart, no toughness, and certainly not very much good basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There, are there any players that you can use? <laughs> no. no. I, Gabe, I thought, offensively played like the best of Gabe Brown mm-hmm. for the most part. But other than that aspect of things, who was there to talk about positively? Pierre Brooks because he converted a three-point play late in the game? Okay. <laughs> who else? I mean, really. And they had guys score points. You know, Max scored some points. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Tyson did score some points, not enough of them. Uh, but and Bingham hit just, some shots. Yeah, but... Bingham hit a couple threes, but, but who cares? It's <laughs> meaningless. You get your doors blown off, and other than that, that brief period where they made a run to get it to, I think, 27-25 or 25-23, Mm-hmm. In the first half, where Gabe got on a roll, he hit a three, which cut it to two. There was a timeout. And other than that stretch, which was probably about a five-minute stretch max, Ohio State controlled this game. They got out to an 11-0 and start because Michigan State didn't guard anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they hit threes, but they were wide-open threes. And, you know, and this, this is the thing that was scary about it. Ohio State, it was kind of similar in a way to the Michigan game. In the, Mich- in the Michigan game, Michigan gets out to a big halftime lead um, without Hunter Dickinson really dominating. And then the second half, he took over. I think you could make an argument that in this game, Ohio State got out to the big halftime lead without either Branham or Liddell dominating. And then in the second half, those guys did take over mm-hmm. for the most part. They both ended up you know, with strong games, but it was mostly the second half. And that's the thing. When you're playing a team like that and you hold down, relatively speaking, their two go-to guys, you ought to be in the lead or at least competitive, not down 10. But they couldn't guard Brunk in the first half. And they and Jamari Wheeler, they couldn't guard either. He goes four for five from three, but they never guarded him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they thought they were doing. I, I mean, he's never, we talked about him many times when he was at Penn State. He's never been a high-volume guy, but he's always been a pretty efficient shooter. He's not a guy who on the scouting report, it should say, yeah, if he wants to take a three, let him. No, 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 no. But yet that's what we saw. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's all just very, very disappointing. And no, I, I don't think there's really much, sense in wasting time talking about individuals on the Michigan State side because collectively they've been as bad in the last two games as it I I put these games right there with that Iowa game in terms of just plain awfulness on the season Mm -hmm. just showing no willingness to compete you know I'm I'm actually recording this uh I'm in North Carolina, and so I'm at a, a friend's house, and we just got done watching the game. And he's he's aware of Michigan State, but you know, it's not a fan the way we are. Mm. And I said <laughs> we were, and we were t- discussing it, and and him trying to figure out 
what the problem is. And I said, at any point in this game, watching it, did you see Michigan State first to loose balls? Did you see them playing with a toughness or an energy that said to you, they are competitors and they want this game as badly or more than the other guys? He said, no, but there you go. There's the problem. It, it feels like problem. you're watching like a mid-season uh, sub-500 NBA game or something. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. Just no energy, going through the motions. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and the shame of it. And you're going to have people talk about Izzo's recruiting. They don't have talent. But, guys, if you think that's the problem, you don't understand what you're watching. I'm not note that I'm not saying this is a superbly talented team. It's not, but it is not the least talented team Tom has us had. I'll guarantee you that I can name a couple right off the bat that had less talent than this group did, Mm -hmm. but you know what those teams had that this group does not have. They had grit. They had toughness. They played with energy. They played with heart. And that's why they were better teams than this one has turned out to be. And the, But the most disappointing thing about it is that this group has shown just enough times yeah. that they are capable of playing that way. They just don't choose to do it consistently. Mm-hmm. And I don't, for the life of me, I do not know what that's about. I don't have an answer. I, You know, it's easy to sit here and say the coaching staff is at fault. But I don't think Tom Izzo's forgotten how to reach kids. So I, I don't know. Not None of us talking about this or listening to this are inside that dynamic enough to have any idea what's going on and why. But I, I reached the conclusion, the closest I can come to an answer is when your leaders play with passivity as much as this group's leadership does, you can't be a typical Michigan State team. And they don't have that. Another point of conversation we were having this evening watching this, and he was asking me again, you know, trying to understand what's going on. And I said, the standard at Michigan State has been, even if your juniors and seniors are not your most talented guys, by the time they are in that point in the program, they know how to make winning plays. They know how to play winning basketball. Yeah. You go back to that 2019 team, Kenny Goins and Matt McQuaid, both guys who were maligned at earlier points in their careers and were not the best players on that team when they were seniors. But those guys consistently made winning plays, played with energy. I mean, when I think about Matt McQuaid as a senior, all I think about is him screaming after he's made a high-effort play. Mm-hmm. I think about I think about Kenny Goins getting important rebounds despite the fact that he's only six, six on a good day (laughs) out there, you know, screening fantastically. Those are the things that make it both of those guys defending their asses off. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it. Kenny Goins started as a preferred walk on Matt McQuaid was a good recruit, but not a top 50 guy. And they, they went through the process just like tons and tons of other Michigan State players have in the past. And by the time they were seniors and it mattered, those guys were absolute rocks you mm-hmm. could count on to do their bit. They didn't have to carry the team. They weren't the stars. That was, that was Winston and Tillman. But those two guys did their parts. 
you look at this team and you have Marcus Bainham and Gabe Brown in those roles and Joey Hauser, if you want to throw him in Malik Hall, you want to throw him in. Do those guys are the least resemble guys like Kenny Goins and Matt McQuaid? No. Kenny, who went through an entire year with like a face mask, a knee brace, like had like 16 things all over him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Playing center. but, But by the time, by the time he was a senior, that was a guy you could count on to play winning basketball. Mm-hmm. And he developed that over time. He learned how to be, that's what, a, that's what a leader is. Yeah. A leader is a guy you can count on, right? Michigan state has no leadership because they have nobody they can count on. And I'm not about to blame freshmen and sophomores for that. Mm-hmm. That falls yeah, on your fair. upperclassmen, your co-captains. And, you know, and again, if it was a talent issue, this team would be seven and twenty. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have beaten Purdue. They wouldn't have blasted Wisconsin on the road. They wouldn't have won the games in the non-conference against UConn, against Loyola, that they did. They are capable from a talent perspective, but that talent only matters enough when they play with when they play the right way, to use the old Larry Brown line. Yeah. When they when they guard people the way they're supposed to guard people, when they rebound defensively. And when they execute and run good offense, when they screen efficiently, when they take open shots when they're there, when they're not disconnected from each other and drifting through games. But they don't do that consistently. And consequently, you've got a team that is now 10 and 9 in the league with one game left. The model of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I mean, is there. Is there any hope, uh, at least from from your perspective, of this being like a, a, a late season Tom Izzo turnaround? I mean, gosh, you it's, hate to to it's to count it out because the program has proven that they that they can do that. Yeah. Th- so I guess maybe they a, no <laughs> no they have not this not this, this well, be first the program this has, would be a but first not this team no 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 the program has not. My point being, have as Michigan State had somewhat uh, not even mediocre years, but years that weren't their best and yet managed to turn it on in March. Yes, but not like this. Those teams showed signs earlier. Hell mm-hmm. last year's team was showing signs and they ultimately didn't get it done against UCLA, but they had shown signs earlier this season. They were playing their best basketball early. There's one game left yeah, in the yeah. regular season. We're, we're done with late season. We're now at the postseason, basically. you got one game left. Yeah. And then let's say that they go out and they beat Maryland. Let's say they beat Maryland by playing really well. Is that going to convince you of anything? It won't me. It won't tell me a thing. Not after. It won't tell me a thing. Not Purdue. a thing. Yeah. No, it's just, it, it won't tell me anything. It'll tell me, okay, they had a good day. They had a day where some things went right for them and that kind of snowballed and they won. Great. That's not sustainable. That doesn't make for a March run. You can, you can look to other programs. Maybe UCLA last year might be a good example. Yeah. UCLA was not playing well when they hit the tournament and then they went on a run. So it's happened with other programs, but anyone looking through Tom Izzo's program's history for a silver lining that they're suddenly going to find themselves. Keep looking because mm. I've never seen it. Of course, I would also say I I've never seen this. They've lost five of six and 
Worse yet, it's not like, oh, they've lost five or six, but they've been snake bit. They've gotten their asses handed to them yeah. the majority of that time. I'm trying to think of those losses. Iowa blowout, Michigan blowout, um, this one, a blowout. Illinois was a competitive game in the end, but that was teetering on the edge of a blowout before an all-time run by Tyson Walker mm. to make it close, right? That could have been a blowout. And then what was the other one? Wisconsin, I think. Um, yeah. Wisconsin was, you know, it wasn't a blowout, but Michigan State didn't play well. So essentially... None of those games that they lost in this run did they play well. So what reason in the world is there to have faith that it's going to turn around and somehow they're going to catch fire? Guys would have to become completely different from a mentality point of view. And while I could believe that might happen over the course of an offseason, because I've seen guys grow into that over time at Michigan State, as we talked about. Mm. That's the pattern. That's the process. It hasn't happened with these guys. You know, that was another thing we, we've touched on. I've had conversations in other forums as well about this. If Marcus Bainham and Gabe Brown say they want back, do you want them back? And I'm not saying that they're bad guys. They're not. I feel terrible saying this, but what would make anybody believe that suddenly a fifth year, the light's going to turn on and now they're going to get it. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to turn in their mentality is going to shift enough. What would make anybody believe that (laughs) that would be hope. That would be pure hope without any shred of evidence. Mm -hmm. I can have, I can look at AJ Hogard as much as I've dogged him over time and say, is there hope that that guy could become a leader for you could become the kind of, could have the kind of balls and the kind of toughness that this program has been built on. Yes. I think there's a chance. Jade Nakins. Yes. Pierre Brooks. Yes. Maybe even Max Christie, although toughness is not the first thing you think of, but I see him play with an attitude that I don't see from the older guys. Uh So all those guys, Matty Sissoko, Matty Sissoko wants to compete. He's just not a very good basketball player yet, or maybe ever time will tell. Those guys, I give a chance to change things. Am I am I going to give that? Am I going to have any optimism that guys who have been four goes at it are suddenly going to get it on the fifth? Come on, that's where they're at. I mean, yeah, it's a tough you spot. Can't, you can't you can't do it with your leaders, your veterans playing like this. And I'm not even remotely talking about the um, the skill aspects of the game. I'm talking about the mentality. I'm talking about going out there, Julius Marble and and Marcus Bainham, and letting a post-injury Joey fucking Brunk slice and dice you. That's a joke. Those guys, no offense to them as people, they ought to walk home from Columbus, in my opinion. That's how bad it was. And I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds over the top. But that's how I feel about it in the immediate aftermath of watching that garbage. Mm-hmm. Is that if you're going to play that way, you shouldn't be playing on this team. You shouldn't be part of this program. You're, you can, you're a great kid, but you don't have what it takes. You haven't demonstrated you have what it takes in the areas that, are, that you need to have it mm-hmm. in order to win the way this people are used to seeing this program win. And that's the bottom line. From my perspective, at yeah. least, for whatever that's worth. 
Well, yeah, what people want to see in this program is is players that are fighting hard. Right. Even exactly. if they're not That's ta- the, people appreciate the hell out of, out of players in the you know that this program has had even if they weren't really talented but they were just hard workers i mean and just fought every every you time know, down the floor that's what's appreciated in this program other other than tyson walker's shot against purdue what was the play that sticks out in your mind from the purdue game if you had to pick one uh, i'll tell you what it was for me i'm trying to think was it the sissoko Exactly. The exactly. Put back, exactly. The foul. offensive rebound. Yep. yep. That's an illustration of exactly what you're talking about. That's the second most memorable play in that game, in my opinion. Yeah. When I think about that game, that's Walker's three and then that. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what you're talking about. And we have seen precious little of that. We, you know, every once in a while, the Indiana game at home. Mm-hmm. They they played that way, and you thought, or at least I thought, okay, maybe they finally figured out what is required. Then they go out and lay eggs for a while. Yeah. They face Purdue, play hard against Purdue, gave it everything they had, executed a defensive game plan brilliantly, and they win. Come out against Michigan and Ohio State, two teams that are inferior to Purdue, and lay an egg. I mean, disgracefully lay an egg. Um. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I I don't see the answers, and the clock is is the sands of time are running short. Let's yeah. put it that way. All right. Well, um, we could probably leave it at that. I mean, I don't. Well, the, let's start. The, we might as well run through the keys. All yeah, right. and then call it. Uh, the first key was. Um... <laughs> Can anyone here play this game? <laughs> well, ironically, one team did. Yes. Look, I I thought, honestly, I thought Ohio State was more or less as advertised. It's a good offensive team that shoots the ball pretty well, and that's what they did. But the way Michigan State defended made it really easy on them. What did they end up shooting for the game? Uh, 55. I'm shocked. From from the – hold on, let's see. One sec. They were 55 from the floor, 45 from three. I'm shocked it was that low because for a lot of that game, they were plus 60%. Yeah, they, um, they missed some down, kind of down the stretch. Yeah, which took the percentage down. Now, Ohio State's a good offensive team. So I'm not here to suggest that, oh, they, Michigan State should have held them 37%. But Michigan State made them better than they are mm. by the way they guarded, particularly in the first half. In the second half, there was more of – Liddell and Branham just going out and making shots. Some of them tough, by the way. But, you know, it's funny how that tends to happen. Mm-hmm. You give teams easy looks for a while and they find their rhythm. Mark my words, they'll start hitting tough ones. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if it's extremely talented guys, NBA talent, taking those shots. And, you know, I mean, EJ Liddell has for three years running hit tough shots. That's kind of his thing, so that's no surprise. But again, you you give Ohio State momentum because the way you defend, that's what you get. At the other end, I still think Ohio State's a horrendous defensive team. Mm. Michigan State got some open looks, hit a lot of them. I mean, Michigan State didn't shoot the ball really poorly. Would they end up in the high forties? Yeah, forty-five from the floor, fifty from three. Yeah. 
but the problem was they didn't establish any kind of rhythm in part because other than shot making, their execution was poor. Mm -hmm. They didn't do a very good job at all of creating the kind of looks I think they could have gotten way too many passive sets where they get late in a shot clock and invariably take a bad shot, a forced shot, a contested shot because they wait too long to get into it or worse yet commit the cardinal sin of passing on open looks. It is a guarantee, a virtual guarantee. You pass on a good look, that possession is going to end in tears. Mm -hmm. And they did that once again, a lot. Tyson Walker, I don't know what he's doing. Those, the, it wasn't as drastic as in the Michigan game, but it was still multiple shot opportunities that were passed up. I mean, um, inside the three-point line, 45%, but it just seemed like there is nothing that they ever get that's like within a couple feet. It's either like a seven-foot hook shot, maybe you get from Marble or Bingham or something, and well, a mid-range jumper. It just doesn't yeah. seem like they can get to the rim very often. I think, but I think, I think there's truth to that. But part of that is because they're not, they're not executing their offense the way they should be. Mm-hmm. So something that goes, something that goes um, underappreciated by a lot of fans. And it's funny. I, I'll bring back Kenny Goins, who I brought up for years. People, you know, fans would scream and bitch and moan about Kenny Goins getting any minutes because there were supposedly more talented quote unquote guys who would lose minutes to him. And part of the reason I defended it was Kenny Goins may not be a great three point shooter. And he wasn't until he was a senior may not be a big time scorer, but that's a guy who knows how to make winning plays. And included in that was the fact that he was a tremendous screener. Mm-hmm. You think you think that's I used to say that about Kithier. There'd be a role on this team for Thomas Kithier. I am I am promising you that. And one way he would make this team better than it is now is he knew how to screen. Mm-hmm. If you've got guys who are setting good screens, that makes it easier to get action to the rim like you're talking about. Instead, what they end up with are really the only action at the rim they get is the result of individual play by AJ Hogard. Yeah. He's really the only guy who does it. And it's mostly on his own. Rarely is he the beneficiary of you go back to that, that Michigan game. And it was largely due to Michigan state doing such a piss poor job of defending, but Michigan would set, you know, Dickinson would set good screens and guys would come loose. Mm -hmm. You know, Purdue did it some in their game, good screening action made for easy, easy paths to the rim. Michigan State rarely gets that, and so that puts a damper on it. They don't have a really good, reliable, low-post threat other than marble at times, mm-hmm. which means they don't get the benefit of that stuff, right? Um, as you say, it's mostly the best they get are jump hooks, yeah, which, you know, are, are not there's, necessarily – There's no. they don't have anybody who's automatic in that area either. It seems like, like they do all these pin-downs, and – it never seems like there's a good release off of that screen. Like sometimes, you know, if you're hitting a couple pin downs, you'd expect that eventually that guy just gets a wide open pass dunk. 
the you screener. mean flipping a screen? Yeah. Flipping a screen. Of yeah. course. Well, you saw Ohio State do it tonight, right? Yeah. It's just, I just jo- Joey Brunk. Joey Brunk, who barely played this year, didn't play at all last year. Somehow he's able to slip a screen once or twice. Yeah. See Michigan State do it? No. I, I, I haven't there's seen nothing back door. I, there's, I haven't I mean, seen it since Xavier Tillman was on the roster. You know? But that's that's all part of it. That's that's one reason why they don't get anything easy. Hmm. Um, but there's many. Yeah. So I think at, at both ends, Michigan State did not do what they needed to do and what could have been done. And so you would say, which team showed up to play and looked like they wanted it? Well, the home team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second key was threes. Yeah, they I both mean, hit nine. State, uh, I mean, yeah, Michigan State shot the three well, but there wasn't any kind of gap. Mm-hmm. Not really. What was Ohio State nine yep. for nine for twenty? Twenty, yeah, yeah. And MSU was nine for eighteen. Yeah. yeah, that that's a push, and that's not a shocker. I mean, Michigan State is a slightly better three point shooting team than Ohio State, but there's not a huge difference. My point there was, if there was a big difference between the two, that could tilt the game. There wasn't, so mm-hmm. it didn't tilt it. Yeah. Three was transition. Um, what'd they get? Maybe, maybe one or two buckets in transition. I'll tell you, this brings up, this point brings up something that I've about reached my limit on. I've about reached my limit on Julius Marvel blowing dunks. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yeah. And he had one in transition. Jesus, it's been it like could have been a momentum play. Yeah. It's been a ton lately. And you know, here's the thing. If he's not explosive enough as a leaper to make those plays, lay the fucking ball in. Yeah. Excuse my language. Lay it in. I'm tired of it. Or go up with two hands. Or go up with two hands. I'm tired, tired, tired of seeing that. It should never – that should happen once or twice a year. We've seen it. I don't think you're wrong. I think over the last three games, we've probably seen six of them. Yeah. It just it was a it was an absolute momentum killer. Yeah, yeah, that's maddening. I agree. I agree totally with that. Yeah, nothing in transition really to uh, speak of. And fourth key they was had Walker. A few, like they had a they had a Gabe three. You know, they, there were moments, but not nearly enough to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Walker's the fourth key. And what were his stats? Oh, not great. Uh, he had, um, a, I think. Walker had twenty-seven minutes, seven points, two rebounds, six assists, um, two for six from the floor. And how many turnovers? Two turnovers. Yeah. So two turnovers, six assists. That sounds good, right? Seven points. I I put this right next to his Michigan performance. They're numbers that don't look horrendous, but. He just, that's just not, that's not what they need. 27 minutes. You got to have more, more than that from him. You need him to take, yeah, with this team, with this team and the way they're being defended, he has to be aggressive. That's it. There is no and or but. It's really simple. You need to be aggressive in looking for your own offense. And if you are not, you are hurting this team. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fifth key 
Branham and Liddell. Yeah, uh, you know, in the Which first ironically, half, those aren't weren't the two that really hurt them. <laughs> well, they did. They played more or less than normal games, and yeah. my idea there was, okay, they can't let those guys just run away and explode, and they didn't. You know, part of that was helped. You know, the first half, Liddell had some foul trouble, mm-hmm. and that limited, that held him down a little bit. But you know, once again, just as in the Michigan game. It's guys that you don't think and whose seasons tell you should not be able to hurt you much, absolutely kill you in the first half, get them staked out to a comfortable lead, and then in the second half, as invariably will happen with great players, they get those guys going. Yeah. And that keeps you at bay. You are unable to get the game into a competitive range because – now they're going. Now they've got those guys who make plays consistently rolling. Simple as that. Well, next up is Maryland. Um, senior day. Be a senior lot of day. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to believe that there's one more good effort in them. Mm-hmm. And I hope for those guys, because I, I, I know I'm sounding very negative here. I don't mean to suggest that guys like Brown and Bingham and Hauser are, are bad people that I, but I hope for their sake that they find it within themselves to give it absolutely everything they've got in that last time on the Breslin floor. What may be their last time. We'll see mm-hmm. how that goes, but that that's what I would like to see. Okay. Well, all um, right. We'll get the uh, post game up or the pregame up for that one in the next few days. Until then, the final four is not on schedule. <laughs> At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.